Warning. The following contains massive spoilers for the designated series. Listener discretion is advised. You're listening to The Television Archive, a show where we, the television-loving hordes of the internet, take a deep dive into what used to be in our beloved media. My name is Thomas Michael Clark, and this is The Blue Planet and Blue Planet 2. Today we will be discussing Blue Planet 2, Episode 6, titled Coast. Blah, 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 really good episode, really fascinating episode, blah, 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 very much enjoyed it, blah, 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 updated version of the classic Blue Planet Coasts episode, blah, 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 hits on all the same points, blah, 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 updated, refined, modernized to make it superior in pretty much every way, blah, 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 we get the point! I don't need to belabor this any further. That was an assassino for my brother. Not sure if that got picked up on the mic. I'm pretty sure it did. Whatever. Move on. <laughs> Move on from the thing I'm, I've been starting literally every single episode over the past week with. So, this episode, much like the original Blue Planet Coasts episode... Uh, does a great job of conveying just how ever-changing a landscape coasts are. Because those depend on, like, a shit ton of factors. Like, they are shaped by tides. They are shaped by giant frickin' waves. Like, they are a constantly fluctuating segment of this planet. Where a lot of really cool shit happens. Hence the fact that there's an entire episode on it. And it's really, really fascinating. The type of uh, little natural anecdotes they go into. Uh, They show off this rock pool that's created by tide receding. uh, But some water staying in like this little... This little segment of rock, this little, like, this little walled-off segment that it just creates this little pool, and there's, like, a bunch of life just, like, going nuts in this rock pool, waiting for the tide to come back in. Stuff like that. It's just so frickin' insane. Uh, there's some weird shit. That makes its way from sea to land. Uh, There's this one fish. I forget the name of it. And like. It's technically a fish. But. It has adapted to survive on land. So it's like. A land fish. That's just sort of there. On the coast. It's very bizarre. Uh, But there's tons of little stuff like that that this episode shows off very, very well. Uh, There's one segment involving sea lions as they're sort of gathered. A bunch of male sea lions trying to fatten themselves up because females will go for the biggest male sea lions for mates. 
So they're basically trying to fatten themselves up for the ladies. <laughs> now, this is a society I can get behind. Man, if I was a sea lion, I'd get so many lady sea lions. It, it'd be insane. I'd be the biggest ladies man of all time, but I am not a sea lion. And so, the opposite is true. Yay. Uh, but basically this one lone sea lion, in an attempt to get like this really, really high protein diet, in an attempt to really fatten itself up, uh, it goes after like this big school of tuna. And just tries to box it in, tries to hunt them down, tries to eat a bunch of them, fails miserably because he's on his own, and then is like, Hey, sea lion bros, wanna help me get this food? And then the sea lions team up and, like, box in these tuna and eat all of them, and it's, like, this really, really cool segment of teamwork. Uh, there's another segment involving... Crabs? I, I can't remember. I, I swore to myself I'd remember the actual, like, brand of crab, the actual uh, segment of crab that this was, but I ended up not being able to because I'm an idiot, and I just wrote crab because, oh, I'll remember the other thing. Apparently not, idiot. But anyway, it involves crabs. And this particular brand of crab lives pretty much entirely on land and when the tide recedes they're like hey uh these seaweed covered rocks we feed on they're now uncovered uh so now we got a couple hour window let's go over there and eat the seaweed on the rocks and they just go into this frenzied dash, like, yay! And what basically ends up happening is they run this gauntlet of just leaping from rock to rock to rock to rock to rock on the water. But as they're doing this, there are predators that are leaping out of the water to try and eat the crabs. Uh, there's an eel. That really F's them up. There's an octopus that doesn't do good for them. And it's just this really tense moment where you're following these crabs. Trying to just get over to have a meal. And they're just constantly being attacked. Whenever they're going from rock to rock. Like it's this insane, tense, ambush sequence. And then eventually the crabs get over there, they eat the seaweed on the rocks, and then David Attenborough's like, and after this, they'll have to run it all again. Because <laughs> they have to run it twice. In a particular instance of the tide receding. They have to run it once to get there and once to get back. And they have to do this basically every time the tide recedes. Uh, so basically, life is this particular... Uh, life is this particular segment of the crab population really sucks. 
Uh, there's w- this one segment involving puffins. Uh, this one puffin who's going off to get food for its chick. Going off to get food for its little baby. And it goes like 30 miles off the island that they call home to go to the good fishing spot. Uh, and they dive down. They get some fish, it's a great time, and it's like, oh, wow, I got food for my kid, yay, I'm a good dad. And then, as all these puffins are returning with food, Arctic skewers come along, and basically rob them. They are the muggers of the bird kingdom, (laughs) the muggers of the skies, And they just literally just steal food right out of the puffins' mouths as they're coming back up on this island. And it's like a really heartbreaking moment. It's like, oh, oh, no. You you went so far. You did so much for that. Now you got to go back or go home empty-handed. That sucks. But the puffin we're following ends up coming back with uh, with the fish it caught. So that baby's eaten well, but a bunch of other babies are not. A bunch of other babies are going to starve. Uh, and finally, there's another really excellent segment. Easily my favorite of the episode. Uh, that follows penguins as they're coming ashore. Going to their little penguin colony. And as they are sort of coming ashore, they see, oh, there's like this herd of elephant seals blocking our colony. Now, remember, elephant seals, we've seen these guys before. These are the guys who have one male controlling a whole bunch of females. And occasionally, uh, one male will challenge this other male. And they'll have, like, really bloody, aggressive fights. Yeah, those things. And so the penguins sort of come here mid-challenge. And are like, yeah, we're gonna wait for this to play out before we try to... (laughs) Before we try to navigate this. We're gonna try to let this play out before we try to make our way through there. Because otherwise we're gonna get crushed to death. So they let it play out, it goes well, and then the penguins are like, okay, let's go through. And then they kind of navigate this maze of elephant seals, trying not to agitate anyone or risk getting brutally crushed. Uh, And then, like, midway through, another elephant seal challenges uh, the big alpha male dude, and they have that big epic clash while the penguins are right there and quite possibly are gonna get caught in the crossfire and so they manage to get through like they manage to find a way past this but it's just like a really insane segment of just like hey assholes let the penguins through <laughs> don't be dicks <laughs> uh but then they come up on their colony Uh, And yeah, some of them have chicks, but that's not the primary reason that they're there. Uh, They are there to 
shed their feathers to molt. To do some pretty aggressive molting. Like, they pick off, like, pretty much all four layers of their feathers and just let it regrow because their, uh, their current coat is just sort of worn out. So they're picking off to get an all-new coat of feathers. Uh, and then they go back into the water and everything's great and everything's good. Now, of course, this is Blue Planet 2, so we gotta end the episode on how we're effing it up. Of course. And basically, we're effing it up just because cities exist, is essentially the message here. Like, two-thirds of the major cities are on coasts, and because of that... We're causing all sorts of pollution problems, habitat degradation problems, overfishing problems, and it's just really effing up a bunch of coastal life. It's really effing up a whole bunch of creatures along the coasts, because we're idiots and intruding on their territory. So yeah, that's fun. We're killing everything just by existing. Cool. That's not terrifying at all. That's not heartbreaking at all. Fun. Man, we only got we only got one episode left and then we're done with this forever. Uh look forward to that being a thing. Uh if you like this Favorite the podcast, anchor.fm slash TV archives, so that you can be here every single Monday through Friday as I go through every single episode of this and other shows. And you can find it on pretty much whatever podcatcher app you prefer. Feel free to call in as well. It's simple as just a push of a button on the Anchor app. I'll play those on the show from time to time if you feel so inclined to send those in. Follow me on Twitter and Instagram, TomTom4468, and support the show. Patreon.com slash Thomas Clark, pledge just a dollar a month. I appreciate everything I get through there. Or, if that doesn't work for you, you can also support this show directly via Anchor. I appreciate that as well. Tomorrow we will be discussing Blue Planet 2 Episode 7, the series finale. Talk to you then.